ago, over two weeks ago, spent a bit of time here, then we went to a few different branch monasteries and, and uh, just trying to maintain a uh, connection uh, with uh, our different communities. Jen Amaro and I alternate years that we go back and forth to each other's monasteries as we've uh, say established and uh, collaborated for uh, so many years so it's good to maintain that connection and so having uh, been here and uh, <clears throat> just being together with people I'm just trying try to give some words of of encouragement uh, in the uh, in the practice I think one of the things that's important uh, for our long-term practice is uh, figuring out ways to actually enjoy living the living in a monastery, living together as a community, and uh, not uh, making it something some grim endeavor that we're uh, just sort of slogging through. Um, but paying attention to how to how to create a sense of of well-being uh, in our in our practice and in our uh, you know, as we live the as we live the life uh, the uh, there's many uh, places where the Buddha um, really does mention. Um, this aspect of of uh, paying attention to the the, the uh, uh, cultivation or attending to ways that we uh, can experience uh, happiness and well being, and and it's important to to uh, remind ourselves of that. 
the uh, you know so often the perception uh, of uh, of of people um, say in Western countries is you know sort of it seems that Buddhism is all about suffering and. Uh, and of course, the Buddha actually is quite explicit. I said, "Yeah, I teach only two things: suffering, the end of suffering." Um, and we we tend to pick up on the suffering bit. We don't really pick up that on the end of suffering. So to uh, um, you know be uh, attentive uh, to the these things that that truly do bring about the. Uh, the ending of the ending of suffering. Uh, recently, I came across a um, um, a discourse of the Buddha's, and it's quite a uh, quite a short discourse. But I uh, I was really struck by the the uh, the directness of it, and uh, the Buddha. Says just possessing six qualities, one abounds in happiness and joy in this very life and lays the foundation for the ending of defilements. And of course, as is um, what what six qualities and then the Buddha as the uh, delighting in the Dhamma, delighting in uh, the mental cultivation, in bhavana, in delighting in meditation, uh, delighting in abandoning, delighting in uh, seclusion, uh, delighting in non-affliction, Delighting in non-complication, and uh, those are—I uh, um, mean—it really gets to the heart of of our practice and to uh, uh, reflect on on that in terms of <coughs> you know when we uh, you know taking delight in 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 certain aspects that are intrinsic to to our uh, living of the holy life and living of a, a life of spiritual practice um, that uh, um, that helps the uh, the mind to to, you know, to really release uh, the capacity or that habit and it is just a habit of suffering of creating Discontent, dissatisfaction. Um, and, uh, you know, we get into we get into a habit, and we uh, and uh, it has its own momentum, and and that uh, sometimes habits are hard to break. Um, but you know, paying attention, paying attention to to that, uh, you know, delighting in in. In aspects of of our of our training and our and our living that that are 
bear bear the fruit of yeah, abounding in happiness and joy in this very life, and laying the foundation for the ending of 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 defilements and yeah, delighting in delighting in dhamma, delighting in the teachings, and as the as we reflect on the on the teachings. Um, one recognizes that that you know the Buddha the Buddha had a, a, a incredibly expansive view of the uh, of the human condition and the and the way to to uh, to live within that. So those teachings are all addressed. So in the uh, when we do our morning. Um, morning chanting, uh, one of the phrases that comes up that we chant over and over, Adi Kalyanam, Maje Kalyanam, Pariyosana Kalyanam. So the teachings of the uh, of the Buddha are beautiful in the beginning, beautiful in the middle, beautiful in the end, and it uh, is very much the. The case because it it, it it lay the Buddha's laying these foundations of uh, of all the levels of of our practice, but they're not they're not separate; they're integrated, um, and that's actually one of the qualities that uh, um, uh, the Buddha points to as a. Um, necessary or integral to the um, to penetration uh, and uh, and awakening is uh, say dhamma or dhamma pati but practicing dhamma in accordance with dhamma or practicing the teachings in accordance with the teachings and it also has a it has a connotation of Say, practicing the Dhamma, putting the Dhamma into practice, and putting the little Dhammas in the bigger Dhammas, sort of lining up things. And, and that's how, because things fit together. Uh, these, the teachings of the Buddha actually do fit together. They're integrated. They have a, and they have a, 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 an overarching purpose, of course, for the uh, for the ending of ending of suffering, um, so that uh, yeah, delighting, delighting in the teachings, and, and uh, uh, so that that sense of of uh, um, also that uh, again, this, this the importance of of. Uh, of nurturing the qualities that do lead to happiness and well-being, happiness and joy. Uh, the uh, um, as the Buddha talks of, because there are there are different kinds of happiness, and um, you know generally we we tend to opt for the, the, the happiness. And the, the Buddha points to do different kinds of happiness. Now one is the uh, Amisa Sukha, happiness that is 
um, sort of worldly, mm, um, based on on uh, um, gratification, and of course that's problematic. And uh, the uh, and the and the word that he uses, amissa, is um, one of the idioms that uh, in the time of the Buddha, like amissa, is is kind of the. I mean, it's another word for 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 meat or for uh, and it's but it was sort of like the meat that you put uh, bait a hook on so that you uh, so when you're you're going to uh, if you're fishing or you're trapping an animal you put out some bait and that's a meat that that uh, and so that I miss it's the happiness that has that hook hidden in it, and and it uh, that's problematic. It's painful, uh, and never quite satisfying. Um, and Ajahn Chah, I remember him one time saying, "It's you know, say like we, you know, of course we, it's, it's like we, we we get caught in this uh, that that seeking after happiness and gratification." Uh, in the same way that a, that a, a fish um, takes the, the bait and bites a hook. And he says, well, actually, no. He says, we're worse than that. The, the, the fish will only, it'll only get caught in its mouth. And he said, we're more like frogs. And they'll, they'll just gulp the whole thing down, right down to their stomachs. So that, that sense, okay, we're, we're getting hooked. But... Also, the Buddha points to something near the Misasukha, which is, say, the happiness that is, is, is of a, a non-material, spiritual nature, of, a, uh, of an innocent nature. Um, and that is, that is necessary for all of us. Um, so it's not... And there's a... There's a there's a discourse when when the Buddha is still unenlightened and he's reflecting on on the uh, uh, his difficulties that he's experiencing. He's not he's not awakened. He's not enlightened. He's not happy. Uh, and and then he remembers the, the 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 time when he was a child, and he he sat quietly. Uh, during a a, um, a a festival period, he just was sitting quietly under a, under a tree, and the festivities were going on. His father's leading a, a plowing ceremony, and he became very peaceful and happy, and and he he, he became spontaneously settled. Uh, in his mind, mind became clear. He was very happy, and he remembered that. And he recollected, and, and the, the he said, and "Why, why do I fear that happiness? Uh, that happiness is not uh, uh, that is an innocent happiness. That's an happiness that is uh, that doesn't have any." Uh, any danger to it? He said, "Maybe, maybe that is the path." And then he says, "This burst of con- that is the path." 
so that 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 uh, that recognition of of say these teachings are uh, you know so they delighting in the teachings um, and then delighting in the in the bhavana, delighting in the meditation, and mental cultivation, um, bringing the mind to you know. And obviously, it is a struggle for us uh, to um, say to pull away from our habits of mind, where we keep going back to our. Um, uh, Say, uh, habits that that you know, trying to reproduce something from the past, trying to worrying about the future, uh, trying to um, resolve old grudges and uh, or reliving old grudges in our mind, uh, or rehashing some. Uh, unsatisfactory uh, in, uh, uh, contact that we had, or you know, engagement that we had, um, and, and all of these different ways. You know, when we sit down to meditate, to cultivate the the mind, to de- uh, develop the mind, um, yeah, these habits kick in. Uh, and it, and it, 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 there is a certain struggle, but it's also recognizing that if we don't do it, if we aren't willing to put some effort into that cultivation, then those habits are there's no real resolution to them. This, even though there is some. Say some difficulty. Um, one can still delight in that, and realizing that one is, uh, uh, yeah, this there, this is on a path of resolution. This is on a path of, of 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 understanding, and uh, so that you know, delighting in the in the in the cultivation. And then, of course, as we as we do become more proficient. In the practice and and uh, more proficient in the training, um, then then the mind can much more easily and readily um, start picking up objects of of of, of that do delight the mind, uh, picking up objects that that bring a sense of brightness and 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 clarity to the mind. Uh, it's really satisfying. And and the mind can dwell on that, um, say rather than dwelling on our uh, our perceived <coughs> faults and flaws and dwelling on different things, we can we we can actually allow the mind to unify with that which is is really soothing, settling, uplifting, uh, yeah, delighting in the. In the, in the cultivation in in meditation, delighting in abandoning, um, and the the word is pahana, and that's uh, 
It's the same word that the Buddha uses in in uh, uh, the the discourse on uh, his first teaching, uh, where he lays out the four noble truths and the duty that we have to the different truths, so that the say suffering or dukkha is to be understood, and the cause of dukkha is to be abandoned. So that that sense of abandoning, letting go, uh, relinquishing, renunciation, um, that that opportunity to, to let go of uh, of th- those things which are obstructive or burden the heart, burden the mind, and to delight in that. Because so often we we uh, it's like we we know we should let go, but we keep hanging on. That uh, sort of that 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 desperate fear of actually relinquishing and abandoning, letting go. Um, that, so that, that uh, you know, starting to reflect and, and c- contemplate the, you know, the, the, yeah, the benefits of, 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 of abandoning. And I know it's not something that is, is uh, um, you say exclusive to the to the Buddha's teachings. I was uh, I was reading something. This was during this last year, where when I was on retreat, and uh, came across a a quote of uh, a European philosopher Martin Heidegger, and uh, and his, his lovely quote that is saying. Uh, speaking about renunciation, saying, renunciation doesn't take, renunciation gives. It gives the inexhaustible, inexhaustible strength of simplicity. That's a very beautiful reflection in that sense of, you, know, you realize what renunciation or abandoning uh, is 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 giving giving this opportunity to um, to turn to simplicity, not to be burdening the mind with its obsessions and its desires and its attachments. That's it, and and that that simplicity, uh, yeah, being able to delight in that. And also the one time the the Buddha was asked, oh, a couple times actually, the Buddha was asked, you know, what is the what is a, 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 a like a, the, the most direct and 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 simple way uh, to be to be realizing the the fruits of the of the practice, the fruits of the teachings, and and the Buddha, so you know. To, Focus on on the the that keep bringing to mind that all things are not to be 
not to be clung to, not to be, not to be attached to. So that if we know that much, you know everything. And so that, that sense of, of, uh, again, abandoning, of, of letting go, being able to, uh, yeah, to not, not get entangled. Um, so that, that, and taking delight in that, in that, 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 that opportunity to, 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 yeah, to not be carrying uh, that burden of, of attachment and clinging, uh, rather than either trying to constantly analyze our clinging or, or being uh, the sense of uh, remorse or regret. Uh, wow, if I have to let it go, because uh, we defi- almost invariably define ourselves by um, what we are what we what we cling to what we attach to what we assume of importance and you know if we don't have that then what are we and to to step into a place of of relinquishment and it takes a certain a certain certain daring a certain will a willingness to 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 give up um, and you know that really defines this this path of the Buddhas and and a and a uh, uh, a giving giving of oneself to 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 it, to it fully. Um, is that is 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 you know that sense of fear of not having. You know, if I don't have this, if I don't get this, what'll I be? What'll I, what? How will I exist? And you realize, oh no, there's there's a certain trust that is needed, uh, and uh, trusting in the in the teachings, trusting in the path, uh, and then stepping into that, uh, uh, that letting go, and uh, stepping into that abandoning. Um, that is is. That's where one actually um, begins to get the flavor of the of the Buddha's of the Buddha's teaching, um, delighting in in seclusion, delighting in solitude. That pāwiveka, um, is what the Buddha calls, it. and then that that is uh, again our. our it's not that we have to cut ourselves off or not have any um, contact and connection with anybody, but not being dependent on it. And like we're, we, there's this tendency in the human condition to be very, very dependent on uh, on our social ties our social engagement, our social um, 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 yeah, so there, there's a uh, our social links I mean, so that when I mean, you think of it, even just using the, the, the words of the of uh, you know how much time do people spend on social media? These days, and it's it's that constant 
seeking out of, of contact. And to, to be able to delight in seclusion, a certain solitude, <coughs> a certain independence. Um, just you notice how people engage uh, with each other, and and that uh, you know there's in a conversation. One doesn't in in ordinary society, ordinary <coughs> social engagement. Uh, there's not much op- not much time left for people to be silent or still or to to have some solitude you you have to have to quickly respond you have to quickly quickly have some right post or some some kind of of uh, and if it does if the conversation slows down for some reason there's that it gets filled in very quickly i think uh, social scientists have have uh, Measured the the amount of time that uh, um, in social engagement, conversation, and and, uh, in in public settings, and it's in 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 you know seconds or milliseconds almost, and and just things don't go silent. You got to keep moving, got to keep engaging, you got to keep filling the space up. So learning how to turn back to that kind of space and spaciousness, <coughs> which is a, it's a sense of seclusion, a sense of solitude, where we're not constantly basing one's um, having one's attention being drawn by the people and circumstances around one coming back, and this is again, this is one of the qualities of of Dhamma that we, <coughs> when we do our normal or ordinary morning evening chanting, this is the, the quality. One of the qualities of the Dhamma is open aiko. It's leading inwards. It's Drawing inwards, we're coming back to an anchor within ourselves, and that takes a certain willingness to delight in seclusion, in solitude. And it doesn't. And again, it doesn't mean that we shut people out. We don't live in community. I and mean, the Buddha um, placed a tremendous importance on um, uh, on having good spiritual friendships. But I think part of a good spiritual friendship is also learning how to give each other space and not constantly engaging with each other. So that there, there is, I mean, we're, as human beings, we're being hardwired to be um, socially oriented. Um, we're that's where much of our early learning takes place, and as we continue to um, live and grow, it's it's community, society. But as a 
As a spiritual practitioner seeking freedom uh, from suffering, uh, learning how to delight in solitude and seclusion, um, it's uh, it really is um, yeah, it's important. The next quality that the Buddha points to this is uh, delighting in um, uh, non-affliction. Abhyabhacha is uh, a non-affliction, non-ill will, non-suffering, kindness. I mean, you want to couch it in a in a uh, in a, in a positive light, um, a positive word. So that sense of yeah, delighting in 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 kindness, delighting in non-affliction, not afflicting oneself with, say, aversion, irritation, judging. Um, so having this fundamental kindness <coughs> and. Yeah, and to, to compassion. Um, say, as as human beings, we we feel things, and we're sensitive, and um, and it's easy to um, to take the things that we feel and either make it a burden on ourselves or afflict ourselves with with uh, things that are are you know negative or or you know cynical even and and it's not an act of kindness uh, to ourselves or to others um, so that that learning how to delight in uh, in, in kindness, in non-affliction, um, in delighting in non-suffering. Um, I mean, it's a, again, this is, sometimes the Buddha is very precise in his language. Sometimes by saying, okay, delight in, you know, all kinds of happiness. Well, no, not all kinds. It's the, it's a kind of happiness that is not associated with affliction and, and, and suffering or difficulty. So that, that uh, um, it's, it's, a, uh, it's an expression of, of loving kindness. And like when we, and, and that word comes up in our, <coughs> in the, uh, the, the, the chant that is, uh, for the uh, suffusion of of, uh, of of divine abidings, and he said, "Ahang sukitoho, may I be happy? Ahang sukitoho, awareoho, apayapachoho." Those are the you know the, that that in, that wish for, and so it's an expression of of loving kindness. Uh, and to to be directing our attention to that. The last quality that the Buddha points to is is this 
the word in in Pali is nipapancha, which is non-proliferation, non-objectification, non-complication. And nipapancha is it's actually a one of the epithets or one of the words that the Buddha uses to describe nibbana. Nibbana is the non-complicated. The world is definitely complicated, and uh, and our, in terms of our mind, uh, let's say yeah, it's that proliferative tendency, or the objectifying, creating objects and chasing after them, and. Creating objects and an object in our mind, of course, the object that is most complicated and most subject to proliferation is me. The whole proliferation of of self and the sense of of me and and the I, me, mine agenda. Um, that's in in the. In the in the Pali language, ahankara mamankara mananusaya. The eye making, the mind making, the underlying tendency to conceit, and that, so that it's something that we are doing. It doesn't have an independent existence. The sense of I, the sense of self, the sense of mine, of me. Um, it's something that we create, we proliferate, we bring into being. Uh, and then how the Buddha used, I mean, it's translated as conceit, but it's <clears throat> it's the whole tendency, habit of, of uh, comparison. Um, am I inferior? Am I equal? Am I superior? Um, and so any kind of comparison of on anywhere within the spectrum of trying to f- compare oneself to somebody, that is a proliferation, that is a complication, that is an objectification that we're going to suffer over. Um, and whether it's true or it's not, it's still a proliferation. We're, we're taping, we're, 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 we're we're letting our minds be overtaken by something that is it's taking a precious space uh, and uh, and and torturing us uh, this that, that i me mine am i am i how do how do i line up how do i compare uh, is it, am I better? Am I worse? Am I at least equal? Uh, and and that uh, that is a uh, that just investing energy in that is already suffering. <coughs> so learning how to delight in non-complication, non yeah, non-proliferation. And and again, so the Buddha's teaching is always about a middle way. So it isn't as if 
Okay, I can't. So, delighting in non-proliferation, delighting in non-complication, that must mean I can't think about anything. and I shouldn't be thinking. If I could just stop thinking, then I would. Then I'd be. I'd be free from suffering. And and we work on a on a say an, an axiom, you know, sort of like I think, therefore I suffer. And if I didn't think, then I wouldn't suffer, which is not not at all true. It's like the because we just suffer in a different way. And so just learning how to, to direct attention. This is, what, again, one of the qualities that the Buddha says is essential for, for entering the stream of the Dhamma, having that, that insight into, into truth, is yoniso manasikara, that wise consideration, wise reflection, uh, considered attention. So learning how to direct our attention and thought processes to something that is actually going to be beneficial. So lifting up objects of attention that delight the mind, that bring a sense of well-being, that help to settle the mind, that help to clarify the mind. So that, yeah, delighting in non-complication is a, uh, is a, a quality to be uh, attentive. So all of these, 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 these particular. You know, I mean, it's a very short teaching, uh, but uh, you know, I think it's 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 a uh, uh, it's a helpful one to remind ourselves of you know, oh, yeah, learning how to nurture the roots of our of our well-being and using our our, our commitment to. And to spiritual practice, commitment to the holy life, and to and to be able to live it with with a sense of 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 delight and and uh, and and ease, and bring and of course, and as I say, it's not that we don't have difficulties. It's not that there aren't obstacles that we have to uh, to to overcome. But <clears throat> to be learning how to hold that in perspective so that it doesn't overwhelm or, or create a, uh, um, making it too heavy a burden. And we're, we're engaged in something that's incredibly um, beneficial and, and, uh, and useful and to dare to learn how to delight in it. So I'll offer that reflection this evening.